Today on We Need to Talk, we have part 3 of our Dungeons and Dragons escapade. This is the follow up where we're going to just go over what happened, what went well, what went bad, kind of a uh, post-hypnosis. Uh, anyway, we need to talk. That's D&D, Nate. What'd you think? Uh, I think that's pretty good. I think that's pretty good. My, my heart was definitely yeah. getting a little bit like racy, especially like in part of the sneaking mission where I was trying to sneak up behind that uh, Sendite person. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. And then got thrown for a little left turn right there. Mm-hmm. With uh, L, which, of course you did L. Of course you did L. Of course you did Kira. <laughs> hey, at least at least mine has a connection other than Death Note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I... And you are right. I totally did Kira. Well, so I've I've had Kira as the name for like every character I've done, like in uh-huh. RPGs or whatever, for like the last like ten years. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's because I watched Death Note. It's totally for that reason too, which is. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I didn't realize it was Kira. I read your like whole character sheet, and I was taking notes and stuff for like two hours. And then randomly, while I was writing the story, I was like, "Huh, what's going to be the name of the magnate?" And then I looked at you, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, Nate? <laughs> so then I'm like, well, now I know what I'm naming him. It's going to be L. So let's cover, just do a quick recap of what happened here. Yeah. So Kira, she was in a bar, and then she had to make uh, essentially her path payments for like two weeks. And she was trying to figure out a way to do that and kind of number get out of debt because she's worried about the cops coming after her, or number two, uh, it's kind of like not having to deal with like the day to day because she's getting annoyed with that. Mm-hmm. So she uh, went to take two drops. She kind of scoped out the first job, and then she scoped out the second job. And the second job doesn't not does not seem good, but she's considering it, which is like more of like a seems like a low key prostitution gig with some merman dude. Uh, and then the second gig was stealing a map or not a map, a painting. And then she scopes it out, and she wasn't intending on stealing anything, but she gets in there. She does a bit of sneaking around. She finds that someone else is stealing it from the Sendai clan, which is the rival clan. Uh, she is able to deceive that person and sticks her with a needle, and then uh, recovers the map, or sorry, the painting. And then uh, L, who's... Is L like a demon or a devil or something? Or like what's, what's the... Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess, really, it's Lucifer. Lucifer, okay. Uh, oh, that's what L is short for. So, L <laughs> kind of comes in and uh, forces Kira to make a deal. Kira tries to get out of it many different points, but does not work. Kira's not very good. Mm-hmm. The devil has a plus sixteen on his uh, like checks of your, if you're lying or not. Mm-hmm. So even if they roll the two, like you still need to roll better than an eighteen. So. Very, very hard to lie to, especially when you're charmed, which he has a plus 30 to his charm. So there's like no way to dodge it. Right. He's OP right. as hell, but he's also Satan. So, yeah. Yeah. There's no real way Kira could have gotten that, gotten that out of that one. Pretty much. It, it went, it was supposed to go that way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which does kind of make it a little bit interesting because what if Kira didn't kill this uh, girl? Because she did kill the other assassin. Mm hmm. Which was a kind of a tough choice because Kira doesn't have any family right now, and that's like the only connection she has, as like fucked up as it is. But she, yeah. she didn't want to quite do that, but she kind of felt compelled in the end, and mm-hmm. uh, that's when uh, kind of 
her choice to make kind a baited out the devil. Was that? It kind of baited out the devil. Oh yeah, yeah. And the devil's like, oh, that was brutal. Like, like when the devil's saying yeah. that, <laughs> uh, might have been a little tongue in cheek. <laughs> and uh, she made a wish, essentially for a fresh start. Um, uh, mm-hmm. which how that's going to work out will be kind of interesting. It will be. What's going to be super interesting is we can play again now. Kira didn't die. So you could go on another adventure with Kira and do now you don't, you're not bound by feeling like you have to watch over your shoulder all the time or anything. So it could kind of change how Kira acts in the future. I'm sure there may be like some lingerings of that. It adds like a ton of complexity to Kira as a character to be instead of this one note, always suspicious now no she doesn't have to be suspicious but out of habit still is a little suspicious and i think that's going to be super interesting um and then when she does eventually die you get to see the devil again Ooh, hey hey have a little devil here to take my soul and in theory since the devil take her soul even when she dies we could still use kira because now she just has to do the adventures that the devil wants her to do huh. which could be super interesting is that huh and so the Devil F, we don't know much about the devil here. Because I think in the next little no. part, uh, I think Kira's first approach would be trying to figure out what the fuck just happened. That's fair. The other nice thing about having a fresh start is now Kira, because she doesn't have to watch over her shoulder, could in theory get a party of, of some sort. Could like work with other people. Could not be bound to just living by herself from now on. Um, and may be able to create some sort of maybe her own clan or faction or even just small group or even just one friend, um, which kind of opens the doors to to that, which is also really exciting. Mm-hmm. So to give a little, not a postmortem, but like uh, as a DM, like what, yeah. what kind of, uh, how are your thoughts about how the session went versus, you know, like, or like tips or what little things you could give to me? Um, no, I thought it, I thought it went awesome. Um, you did, you did great, especially, you know, you haven't ever played before. Um, so you did a a really good job. Um, it's always, it's always interesting playing a character that's suspicious. Uh, I think it kind of makes it harder on yourself because then it's hard to like make any decisions because every decision you make, you have to like double and triple think it. Mm -hmm. Um, so you can't just take a job from a sailor who wants his nudie painting back because you're like, what if this is a super deep cover, um, you know, I'm actually going to be murdered thing, um, which I think can makes it a little, you made it harder on yourself, um, but you played it well and you made it, you did everything you needed to do. Uh, you got into your character, you played based on the character decisions. Uh, you did amazing. That's good. That's good. Uh, the most important question is, did you have fun? Because that's really what the game's about. So Yeah, so you did. Um, it took uh, maybe about 15 minutes to kind of like get into it. But honestly, it was like pretty easy to like uh, understand because it's, it's kind of just like a conversation. Conversation. Yeah. Uh, the hardest part I had, I say, would be mm, re- remembering kind of the layouts of different places. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. just kind of bad with that in general, like visualiz- visualization. So just making sure I had a solid yep. kind of like understanding. But I think everything I could follow and I think it was fun. And it's definitely kind of like my heart was, like I said, kind of on edge, like uh, in mm-hmm. that sneak mission, because this is kind of like, OK, what's going on here? What is happening? Like, yeah. 
And 5e is, this is 5th edition D&D, and it's a lot less based on, like, the, it's it's more, you know, of the imagination um, than it's theater of the mind versus old editions would have, like, you'd have a battle map, and you'd have, everything would be in a grid, and you would move based on your movement speed around the grid. Um, so it's a lot more work on the DM, in my opinion. And given that we wrote this in, you wrote your character and I wrote the campaign in the course of a week, um, this went very well. Uh, and um, I just didn't have much time. I, I reused some stuff, which made it a lot easier. Um, but I, having to do that little stupid little blueprint, hmm. I'm glad I did it because it was helpful. But that's kind of the thing about D&D 5e, at least the way that I play hmm. it, is you don't really need to worry about like, super specifics on i i almost think a map is detrimental because it's like okay where in the town is the residential like it doesn't matter it literally could be anywhere all that matters is that you're going to the place um so i think it it can be detrimental in that way of you're over relying on placement when really placement doesn't matter my favorite thing that players ask all the time is like uh how far away is this enemy and i'm like how far do you want them to Mm -hmm. be because it really doesn't matter. All that matters is that we're progressing the story forward. And that's what I like is the story. Right, right. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. Because so long as I'm not, like, held to account for those little details, then I think that's a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. My only worry is that Kira kind of, like, uh, has some sort of action based off, like, kind of that general nature. But then there's something specific that she didn't know, like, uh, I don't know, like, figure we're down by the docks or something, but ends up we're somewhere else, and her decision made no sense, and then she ends up, like, I don't know, doing something stupid or uh, I don't know, do, mm-hmm. but, but so, so long as like that general kind of nature is consistent and it's predictable, then I think that as that, I kind of like that a lot because then it kind of leads more to the imagination. I can just like ask questions or I say, here's yeah. going to do this. I'm like, oh, well, actually the way the place is structured, is not like that. Yeah. Like if it became important, I would let you know and let you retcon an action based on that. Like I've had players be like, all right, I want to go back to this town. And I'm like, okay, just so you know, it's about a day and a half to travel from this town to this town. Um, is that, are you still looking to do that? And let them make the decision once they know the answer. Um, but if it's like, I want to walk across town, it's like, okay, I don't care how long that takes. Like we were talking about times earlier, like how long did it take you to do that? Because what I really cared about was that you were going to get back to the inn in time for the next beat mm-hmm. in the story. I didn't really care what time mm-hmm. it was. I had just said an arbitrary time of two. So I wanted it to take an hour. So I was going to do something to make it take an hour so that you could get back to the inn at the right story beat. Right, right. I gotcha. I gotcha. Now, without revealing too much of your hand, uh, was there any things that surprised you as far as like uh, Kira's actions or where the story kind of went? Uh, yeah. I mean, you going to meet the maid person, that surprised <laughs> me. I had put up like the most innocuous jobs hoping you would not even look at them. And I made it very, very obvious, I think what I wanted you to take. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could also see from a player standpoint of being like, maybe it wasn't obvious. So uh, that's always the thing with being a DM is like trying to make something obvious, but not so obvious that I'm slapping you in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully just making it more enticing or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was not expecting you to meet some random surfer dude. And I tried <laughs> to make that as unalluring as possible by making him a perv and super suggestive and really low pay uh, and a really boring job. So I was hoping that that would be dumb enough that you'd be like, okay, this is not where I'm supposed to be. 
Right, right. My, my whole thinking of that from like a meta level is that Kira was like entertaining the idea, but it's nothing that she would actually do. It's just like a little side mm-hmm. thing, just just to show that she was kind of like, like her whole thought was let's get the let's get the big money from this one contract, and then after that we're set as far as like getting you know tied up, and then maybe just kind of do a low level thing where it's consistent and this I can just hide out hopefully for a while and not have to worry about food. Yeah. So that that wouldn't be anything she'd be going after like hardcore or anything. But it's just kind of like. It's a little side thing, just to, you know, because uh, I think from story wise, she was worried that if she didn't kind of try to get the job right then, that she would have lost if she got tied up here. Like she'd go up mm-hmm. to this person and be like, "Oh, hey, yeah, we don't have anything." Right, mm-hmm. right, and that would be kind of iffy. So that was kind of like her thinking, but uh, I I totally recognize that that was not the intention of where we're supposed to be going. Mm-hmm. So it's more when I was approaching it, I was never going to go fully deep into that. Yeah. No, I mean, everything else was pretty much, and I can send you the notes if you want about like what I had planned for you to do. And it, mm-hmm. you, we hit all of the beats and that's always the goal is that I have these very large overarching things you need to do. Um, meet Salty Sam or whatever fuck his name is, Salty Sal, uh, go to the castle, break into the castle, find the Sendite already stealing the thing, talk to the Sendite, which I had to force you to do. And then, um, <laughs> and then if you know, things go the way they go than meeting L. Um, so always super, super interesting, um, to like what I need to do to, to take you to where I need you to go while also giving you the ability to make choices and have those choices mean something. So it doesn't feel like you're on a railroad. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I didn't feel like I was on a railroad. Uh, if, if anything, it's kind of like, a how, how do you say like, uh, like like even if they're like the certain direction we're going that's the direction i want to go in as well because that's kind of where i know the meat of the matter is or meat of like where the story's going to be so i kind of want to explore that area but it's kind of like more kind of like a exploring different areas as opposed to like going or it's kind of like going on a trail and kind of exploring around as opposed to like uh uh being on a train yeah oh okay well that's good um for the record the reason that L knew where you were is because they he has a security system. So at no point did you do any sort of an arcana check to see if there was magic protecting this area and there was magic protecting the painting. Mm-hmm. Um, so when she broke in and did the painting, you didn't really have a choice in that um, because she had already tipped her off. But by like sticking close to her, you were also tipping your hand that L knew you were there too. Mm-hmm. Like she, he wasn't following you. He was following her. Yeah, I wouldn't think doing Arcana check, and I don't think Kira would either because yep. Kira's not very magically inclined. She's kind of skeptical yep. that it's a real thing. I mean, she knows it's real, but she's kind of like, eh. The other thing you didn't do at all that would have been very helpful for your character specifically was an insight check, which you can check if people are lying or not oh. based on an insight check. Okay. I thought- um, so I would I would suggest going through your skills, and you can click on them all in D&D Beyond, and you can read like what they're used for. Um, I kind of perverse the rules a little bit here and there where I like to give my players a choice. Like when you're climbing a rock wall, do you want to use athletics? Do you want to use acrobatics? Is there some other way you want to do it that you can try and convince me I'm doing this acrobatically or whatever? Because I think that's a little more fun to be able to, to be like, this is how my character would do it. This is the flair that I want to bring to it. I see. So, so if I have to use like an insight check, I, I also thought that insight was like, a. I assume that was like insight into like a situation or something. Like you kind of like realize something. So I didn't know it was like a 
checking to see whether something was lying. So that that's intriguing. Uh, no. So insight is uh, checks whether you can determine the true intentions of a creature, such as searching out a lie or predicting someone's next move. All right. So you would I, glean information from their body language, speech habits, uh, changes in mannerisms, things like that. So, you know, everyone has a tell when they're lying. You can pick out those tells. Okay. And so how would that work during the game? So would it be like the characters talking or doing something and I will say, I'm going to roll insight. Um, usually what you'll want to do is you don't want to, you don't want to tell the DM what meta thing you want to do. You want to say mm -hmm. what your character is doing. Um, uh, I want to, I want to see if he's lying and then I would say roll insight. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, so that, that's kind of how that would go. Um, it's a little more, it's a little more difficult when someone's like, I want to do a history check. It's like, no, you don't. You want to see if you know of any lore about this thing and then the dm will tell you to do a history check really it's kind of nitpicky not mm -hmm. every dm's like that that's just how i am okay i gotcha so kind of go for like the uh higher level because you might have like yeah. different i suppose you might have different ones as well like you might have like let's say uh, see if he's lying and then maybe you have me do a history check because maybe there's something which is tied to like a history between mm -hmm. the two characters yeah like like his lie is specifically about like something um, some sort of war, like I fought in the war of 1819 and then you do a history check and it's like, there was no war of 1819, you know, there wasn't. And mm -hmm. then you would know he's lying that way. And sometimes I'll do that based on like, I see that you are better in perception than you are in, um, you know, something else. So I'll have you use that instead or sleight of hand rather than stealth. I'll have you use the better one. Cause my goal is to get you to where you need to be. Mm -hmm. So if I need you to pass something, sometimes I'll do a, a minor manipulation to get you to pass it. But as long, my theory behind DMing is like, as long as the player doesn't know they're being manipulated, then it doesn't matter. Um, as long as they, they're still making choices and their choices really have meaning, that's all that really matters. Right, right. Like one check isn't going to matter. If you use acrobatics or strength, like does it really matter? Not really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, right. That makes sense. Okay, so kind of go with. Okay, so I'll have to check to see because I, I assume that you would like, uh, put that in like or do like a I don't know a deception check or whatever it might be for like uh, whether mm -hmm. she detects. But that's something the character actively has to do, which makes sense because it's the character's this choice essentially. Yeah. So and sometimes you can you know something will show up where you're like. You would say something that could be true, but also could be a lie. So it's like, is this your character n trying to tell the truth and not understanding something? Or is this your character actively trying to deceive? Mm -hmm. And then I might ask you, is your intention to deceive or your intention to tell the truth? And that will make the decision whether you're doing a deception check or a persuasion check. And then usually, especially if a deception check, I will roll too for the character that you're playing against or you're trying to lie to. And they'll be doing an insight check against you. And if they roll higher, like you could roll a 19. And if they roll a 20, like they may still sniff you out. So it's not always as straightforward as just like you do a roll. And if it's over, you know, X number, whatever. So there's a there's a lot at play on on my end to to make sure that the game makes sense and is following some sort of a happenstance so i'm i'm not manipulating everything there's also chance involved right right well i assume there also be some instances where like there's no chance of succeeding like i don't know like in the like the devil yeah, the devil 
I mean, well, even let's say it was something else where it's like, let's say uh-huh. he wasn't even a devil. So he's, he's just like the Lord of the Mayor, right? And just an ordinary person. He's probably going to know everyone who's in that house. So if I just try to tell him, like, I'm like this the little girl is like, oh, I just kind of walked in here. He's like, no, you didn't. Uh-huh. I, how did you get in here? Like, he's just going to know. Like, there's no chance of deceiving him on that. What I would probably do is have you roll with disadvantage mm-hmm. um, in a situation like that. Because you may be able to to lie and be like, oh, did somebody bring their kid to work today? Like, I would find a way to make that work. That's the the mm-hmm. the what. That's on me to figure out how that works. I see. I see. Um, but I there would be probably a disadvantage on that because it's like you're a little girl. He would know if there was a little girl here. Roll a disadvantage. Right. Right. Oh, you rolled two twenties. Well, I guess he is deceived. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Yeah. W- one thing that. Uh... I, I noticed from a meta perspective is that Kira noticed something was off about the guards and the way they were moving. So she assumed, mm-hmm. like, I, I know, like, meta, that there was something probably up with them. Like, my thought was probably necromancy or something like that. And they were, like, mm-hmm. uh, reanimated or something. But Kira... Yeah, they were skeletons. Were they? Oh, hey. Yeah, but they were in armor, so you couldn't tell. But, so, yeah, if you had rolled a better perception check, I would have given that to you. You see that they're also skeletons. Uh-huh. Like... Kira, from Kira's perspective, that's something she didn't really care about that perspective. Like, uh, she wouldn't care about, you know, she noticed it, but it's more like information that she'd use. And she didn't see much reason to, like, investigate it further because that's not her target. Her target is just to steal the painting. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Any other uh, decompression things? I mean, this whole decompressing about the episode could be its own episode. (laughs) Just talking about, like, what we did and... That might be like a little, uh, like a good little side thing, because I, I kind of like. The, yeah. So, I do watch like the little like D and D videos, mostly about like D and D advice, uh, which is kind of mm-hmm. strange, because but I think it's kind of helpful because uh, it, it's kind of the same reason why I like wrestling stuff, because I I sometimes I, like look at wrestling history and stuff like that, because there's like a whole meta structuring to how to construct something well with it. And how things kind of mm. lead to like uh, something entertaining with it, and I find that aspect like yeah. really interesting. Because with wrestling, yeah. you don't want your your uh, what's it called? There's the you, there's a different term for it, but you want everyone to seem like strong. But if you make people way too strong, and then it kind of like throws out the power scaling. So you have to have some sort of built-in power scaling where uh, you don't totally show off. Like uh, you don't totally like uh, undercut your your main people. Like yeah. if your if your top guy loses, it needs to be because the other person cheated. It can't be because they just lost their own volition. Yeah, you don't want them to lose their. Yeah. Heat. So, so there's all these like different meta things that go into it. So I really kind of enjoy that, and, and this is why I like the decompression here too. Just uh, step back and see if there's any because because ultimately we're creating content here. This is, and mm-hmm. also having fun too. So th- that's the second part, but. What's the best way to have fun in a collaborative way? I think is the question. Yeah, no, and I mean, so this is your, this was your first time playing D anD D. Do you you want to play again sometime? Yeah, yeah, I think should we I should be writing another one off. Should I be writing? Should I be writing a, a two person one off? Just you again? Um, I leave that to your your thoughts or decision. Okay. Because I'd be super interested to see how your you play as a character with somebody else too. Would would that be with yourself playing that character, or would it be somebody else? No, no, I'd probably bring somebody else in. 
somebody okay. who's played D and D before, and and hopefully somebody who you've uh, had some sort of chemistry with would be nice. Okay, yeah, I, I'd be down for that. Uh, it might be interesting just to try it out as like a a temporary companion, if that makes sense. Or yeah, yeah, and that's the nice thing is we could do like a another one off where they're like in that story, but then they go off. Like you're the main character, and then there are side characters who come in once in a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also don't want to change to turn. We need to talk into a D and D podcast, uh, but I think throwing it in once in a while could be interesting. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think I think it'd be like a little nice side side detour or side adventure. Uh, in mm-hmm. its own right, also you can get a little philosophical like this as well. But yeah, uh, one thing is if we do do that kind of aspect, I would want that other side character to be a character in their own, like have their own motivations and everything, because that's oh, yeah. one thing. I believe in meta like with meta narratives, like you can't have characters that are just like like a means to an end. Like they have to be their own end in themselves or have their own kind of goals and directives. Yeah. And I think that kind of leaves Kira in a really interesting spot because literally you have a fresh character now. Um, so you can do whatever you want with her. She needs now she needs her own uh like what what's her motivation now? Oh, she can literally do anything. Uh, mm-hmm. And that could be interesting if, and maybe that's part of the story. Maybe that you decide like, I don't know what she wants. She doesn't know what she wants. And that's part of the story is her like figuring out who she is now, reset her alignment to neutral, neutral, and let yourself kind of figure out where she goes over time. Um, Super, it could be super interesting. Right, right. Yeah. If, if I was to guess the way she, like she'd, kind of like you said skittish at first she's still kind of like be her own way but trying to like slowly adjust and maybe get more open mm-hmm. to like uh going on adventures with other people and kind of doing exciting things having friends so maybe it's yeah. more towards like a good or maybe it's slant more towards like the evil but more towards like a collaborative effort as opposed to this like isolated yeah yeah and it'll be interesting for me too because that means that i can take whatever kira's thinking and try and turn it on its head so maybe she doesn't like people so she finds a whole bunch of people that are really really nice uh so she starts to like people and then one person betrays her so it like reverts her all the way back to where she was but then everyone else is super nice she starts to build back up again it can it can add for a lot of um minor arcs within a major Mm -hmm. arc. right right yeah it can be open either way because if she's like if she goes more towards the neutral side, she could go like she could tip good or bad, depending on how the story goes, mm-hmm. which would I think be a lot of luck, but also just like a lot of how, you know, just who she meets, essentially. And now you can see like how much the dice play a role in like what happens in the story. Sometimes you don't have a choice. Like I wanted you to see what was going on in the art room and see that that thing was being stolen, but there was nothing I could do about it when you rolled a couple of low things and you're like, I'm like, you don't you hear somebody's in there, but you don't know what. Mm-hmm. So like what, then you have to take a harder action. You got to open the door or whatever. So it's always very interesting to see like where, how the dice play into helping to tell the story. Right. Right. You know what else I'm interested about? What's that? I'm interested to hear what the fans have to say, whether they like us playing D and D or not. Cause like if everyone, every one of our fans was like, this was awful. Like we won't, we don't have to do it again. We could release it as bonus content. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't imagine that's going to be the case. I think people are going to like it. I know you and I had fun, um, so I'm hoping they did too. 
Uh, I'm going to have fun re-listening to this. It's going to be, I always find when I re-listen to, to anything d and I'm like, hmm, I wonder what they're going to choose, even <laughs> though I was fucking there. <laughs> I'm like, what is the DM going to do? <laughs> like, I think the hardest. So I'd be I'm interested. I think the hardest check with this one is going to be the uh, first little part where the character backstory is introduced, because that's a little bit uh, just a blunt hit on the head. Yeah, that was it was very long. Uh, I'll be interested to see how how that gets edited, um, if there's any amounts you can take out. But uh, otherwise, it it was important to know that stuff because like I tried to make some of that stuff come into play later on, um, and it was very important to like how your character acted and why and her current motivations. So, yeah, uh, if we just started, I don't think it would have made as much sense. Yeah, I think I might. Uh, getting a little better here what i think i might do is i might just like uh re-record that little backstory portion and just include what's relevant to this part here thing right right and, and then we'll just uh we'll just have to say to people like trust us this is a whole backstory that's written up like when that stuff is introduced later <laughs> like we're not like you know what's really nice what's that you could copy and paste the backstory into discord and then people who join our discord could jump right on and see that Ooh, that's actually a good idea because then, okay, actually, let's do that right now before I forget. I will Discord you the link so you can post it in. This is a permanent link that as many people as possible can join. Um, just click the link and you'll be in our Discord. Uh, as soon as I see you join, I will add you. I will give you the role of um, guest and uh, actually a fan so that you can have access to this uh, the D and D section and, um, can view it and all that. Okay. And Kira's backstory is not on discord. Just go to the D and D section and just be able to think this is Kira backstory. It's just a big text file. So open up with whatever you prefer. And that should go over everything that, uh, was cut out of the episode or the edited episode. Perfect. All right. Well, definitely. I'm just managing permissions. I'm definitely excited to uh, continue on with this at some point. Who knows when it will be, but we'll plan something yeah. eventually. And uh, who knows, might be another character involved. That'd be interesting. See how that goes. It will be. It will be. So what did you think of uh, the um, of Salty Sal and his painting? I think my main question is, how salty is he really? I mean, we never tasted them. Is he like peanut salty? Is he sea salty? And... Does that saltiness extend to other parts of his body, like his toes? Roll a roll a taste check. Taste check. As, is that gonna be a d twenty? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I rolled an eight, and but that's a minus two modifier on my intelligence, so it's a six. Ooh. All right. Well, Nate. About salty sim, we need to talk. <laughs> It's fine. That face. I was hoping for a better role. 